Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of Blue Bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. Finally, the Blue Bloods have come back. To your radio station or your YouTube channel. And if you only knew the technical difficulties, we've been troubleshooting for the last 30 minutes. And here's what's wild, B. Holmes. All it took was for me to restart my computer. It was all me. It was all mine. I tried everything. Spent 30 minutes trying to figure this out. And I was getting ready to record it on my freaking AirPods. And then it finally worked. So I'm a little amped up as we start this episode. Episode 45. Five episodes away from the magic number 50. From the magic number 50. Which might be like champion, which might be playoff time. By it might, yeah, might be playoff time. We were thinking it would be championship weekend. It would have been if it wasn't missed, for the hurricane. Yeah, hur- <laughs> well, hurricane, and then I, I, we missed last week because of, because of me. And so, uh, anyways, we are back. Uh, just know we're always going to come back. If we miss a yeah. week, we will be back. Uh, and and the thing is, is, um. Well, let me start here. Before we get into college football, I have to plug a little college hoops. I always bring up that college hoops in November is underrated. Nobody cares about college basketball till March. That's why we've learned over last season in the first year of the Blue Bloods podcast, we sort of revert reserve our basketball content for our special edition March Madness episodes yep. in the month of March. But I am going to say the Maui Invitational is happening right now. It's like a it's like a pillar of college basketball. It happens every week of Thanksgiving. Yep. Obviously, I have some vested interest this year because Arkansas is in it. They just absolutely demolished Louisville uh, Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday night, they'll be playing Creighton. And here's all I'm going to say. I feel so good about this Arkansas team. I cannot remember the last time I've been this excited with the combination of young talent, like NBA first-round draft talent yeah. combined with uh guys who have been playing college basketball for multiple years but i'm gonna say this creighton might dog walk us okay and if that happens it will not change how i feel about this arkansas basketball team and what i believe they're going to be in march a couple reasons why yeah the main one being we're a very young team very, very, very young team. Still mm-hmm. learning. In fact, it might be good for us to get it handed to us against Creighton. Creighton is a very good team. They are also a top 10 basketball team. This will be a top 10 college hoops matchup. Mm-hmm. If if you're listening on Tuesday, it's happening 7 p.m. tonight, Central Time. Um, but they, the, 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 the Creighton also has a very seasoned team, a very, uh, they play really well together. They've, they've all been playing for multiple years together. Arkansas right now is still kind of figuring out who they are athletically and talent wise. I, I, I take Arkansas 
uh, head and shoulders. But as far as right now, who has the better team? Creighton might have the better like team just because yeah. of their seniority and things of that nature. But it's like Calipari used to say, because this would happen a lot of times with his Kentucky teams. They'd, they'd lose early in the season. But, man, when you got talent, I'll, I'll take figuring out how to coach talent over the other option. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, anyways, I, I put that little disclaimer out there. I'm still excited about this game. I mean, my team is in a top 10 game early in the season. It's fun. And, uh, yeah. It, 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 and then on the bottom of that bracket, I believe, is San Diego State and Arizona uh, playing each Ooh, other. And nice. so both of those teams are top 25. So the winner of that game will play the winner of Creighton, Arkansas. I'm going to go ahead and say I think the winner of Arkansas Creighton will probably win this tournament. Um, but anyways, if you need looking for something to watch on a Tuesday, it's Thanksgiving week. I know some people take today off. Some people are working till Thanksgiving Day. I don't know what your everyone's work schedule is. It's listening. But uh, if you're looking for some some good college hoops to watch tonight, tune in to the Razorbacks and uh, Creighton. What are they, the Blue Jays? Blue Jays. <laughs> Coach Doug McDermott. Yeah. Wait, that's the son. No, that's a, it's, it's, he's not a junior. What's the dad's name? Greg. He's Greg. 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 Greg, 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 Greg. Doug's the son. Greg was the son that played at Creighton and was yeah, like national Creighton player of the yeah. year. Um, Bro, he was nice at Creighton. Yeah, he, he yeah. He, he was nice. Um, also, man, for everybody to know, man, it's it happens once every couple of years. The World Cup is going on. Um, yes. USA tie Wells yesterday, which has some vested interests. Interest. I'm a big Wrexham fan. I don't know if you watched the documentary. Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, Ryan Reynolds buys a soccer team in Wrexham. Um, uh, bro, that's like my long-term dream is to own a sports franchise. Anyways, <laughs> me and Tommy B have been texting about it because we're like big Wrexham fans, and okay. so we tie. And I have a little other vested interest. Um, I wouldn't say we're like friend, more associates. I don't know. We know each other. Um, yeah. He plays for the national team, Kellen Acosta. Okay. Um, he's good friends with my sister. Let me put it like that. And gotcha. then we've met through that. Like, yeah, we have each other's numbers. But anyways, he he played like, and that that was really cool to see because you know they missed the World Cup last time, so it's been like an eight year deal since the USN. So to actually see somebody like you know that is um you know that's worked hard and understand you know at the highest level of sports to get to to live their dream that was pretty cool to see him play yesterday. So USA plays England on Friday. Which okay. um, we need to at least try to tie that England freaking one six one yesterday. So just trying to make it out of group stage for those who enjoy. I mean, listen, the World Cup happens every couple of years. Have some, you know, cheer on the USA. It's a pretty cool thing to see. I mean, I I just love all sports, so I I'm just invested. But pretty cool matchup this Friday, England. Do you know any those. like soccer terminology? Actually, dude, I know I watched a couple like soccer documentaries, so I've learned okay. quite a bit about the game. So, like, what's um, something like if you're like, what's like a coaching technique? Like, there's a reason I'm asking this. Like, what would be like a coaching technique a coach would tell a soccer player? Like, you know, like in basketball, you say make sure you're following through, or or you know, in football, catch it with your hands, or yeah, you yeah, know, like wrap what, up. One of the things like I've really learned about like um about soccer is everyone talks about like following your shot. Oh, okay. um, which is really interesting. Like when you, when you pass the ball or you take a, it's like, um, when you shoot there, always like follow the shot. Cause there could be a rebound, like where the goalie deflects it and you can get like a, a put back in basketball terms. Yeah. Um, like that's a, 
it's a really big thing. I've seen like them talk about like corralling a, a player. I'm still like learning all of it, but it's some um, soccer's a really interesting game. It's a very technical game. Like yeah. it's it's very unique. Um, the more and more like I get into it, which I never thought I'd get into soccer like ever in yeah. my life, but I understand it because I play lacrosse. So they kind of like go hand in hand a little bit, but. It's really, it's really interesting when you start learning like how the game is like really play. like the offsides rule in soccer is really cool. I think, yeah. in my opinion, um, very, it's a very chess game, in my opinion. So, so here's, uh, if you're if you're watching right now, leave this in the comments. What would be legendary is if you sent, is it Kellen Acosta? Yeah. If you send him a text, say, hey, watched you guys the other day, get that tie, make sure you're following your shot. Uh, <laughs> We, we need to get this win. We need to get this win. All right. Peace, bro. Kellen would probably be like, why are you texting me that? Like, hey, but you know what? He actually wouldn't. He's like the nicest guy in the world. So, like, quick funny story about Kellen. So, I met him through my sister and her friend, Terry. Like, they've okay. been best friends. Terry and Kellen have been friends for ages. Uh -huh. And I, like, came back um, from Philly one year um, just to visit the fam. And so Terry swung by the house, and um, I was going to, like, sleep on, like, an air mattress. And he's like, oh, bro, just um, come stay at Kellen's house. Now, you got to think, bro. I'm like, I don't know this guy. Like, right. you know, and I don't want to be that type of person where, you know, yeah, yeah, you're taking yeah. advantage of the. Right. He's like, no, 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 dude. It's fine, bro. Like, Kellen knows you. You're cool. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't even think we, like, followed each other on social at this point. But, like, we knew. I'm sure we knew of each other because I'm my sister's brother. Right. So I like walk in, bro. I think this is the first time I've ever met this kid. Like, and we're watching, um, we're watching like football. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, just talking, and then uh, Terry's like, "Yeah, man, uh, B's gonna stay here tonight." Kellen's like, "Oh, cool. Um, which room? Like, are you staying in?" And I was like, well, "Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Whichever one's okay with you, man. You <laughs> which, know, like, <laughs> which one's available? Hey, you tell me, <laughs> bro. Super nice. Like, woke up the next morning. He's like, "You hungry? You want anything? Like, <laughs> oh man, awesome. here's my number. Let me know what you're doing this week." I'm like. All right, man. Cool. Like nicest guy. So if I texted him that, he'd probably be like, "Cool, thanks, man." Probably in his head though, like this guy's an idiot, bro. I don't really know you like that. <laughs> so and he's like, you're saying he's playing. He's on the team. He's Are, on the team. Like he's okay. he played yesterday. Like he's on right. the team. He's nice. playing. It's pretty good, man. I mean, yeah, he's he's good. It, it's pretty cool to see from somebody we're probably two degrees of separation. Like, um, right. but I mean, the dude's humble because I even texted him like when I got back on social media and I was like, Hey man, see your, like, I just realized you're going to the world cup. Congratulations. And he always responds. Like we don't have like these deep theological conversations. It's normally right. like, Hey man, you know, praying for you. You know, you know, I do. Um, and it's always a response. So maybe I'll DM him and say, Hey, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm buddies with Brandon Holmes. He told me about the game the other day. Just wanted to send you some encouragement. Make sure you guys are corralling the ball and following your shot. <laughs> Your country's dependent on you. Something like that. Screenshot hey, it. He made post a it up. big time soccer IQ play though. Okay. Like big time. So the um the goalie for whatever reason came out like thirty yards to deflect the ball. Wales' best player was following the ball, mm. and Kellen literally like grabs him to slam him down. He he knew he would get a yellow card out of it. Grabs to slam him down because if the guy got his foot on the ball, he would have scored because there yeah. was nobody in it. It's kind of so, like taking the pass interference instead yes. of giving up the touchdown type deal. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Perfect analogy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, that I was not expecting to go that far into the World Cup. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a big deal though because like I personally, 
don't follow soccer. I, yeah. Like, now, like if it if USA, like I, I'll support my country. So like right, if the USA right. is like rolling, I'm like, let's go. And then right. and then maybe if if it's a big game, I'll put it on. But like I just, you know, if my daughter's not playing, I just I'm not gonna watch soccer. Now, yeah. what I will say is that there are some correlations to basketball, right? As far as the fast break, three on two, some different yep. things from that standpoint, there's just not as much scoring. And so I uh, I respect the guys, like the conditioning and the shape those guys are in. Freak. I'm just not as entertained. In fact, I had a buddy uh, of mine yesterday was like, you, you following the World Cup? I was like, no. Not really. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I, I know I probably should. I support our team. Yeah. You know, and, but like, like, for example, this conversation right here, I'll usually hear enough as the that stuff unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'll probably tune in just to watch uh, the guy you were just talking about because now I feel like there's there's at least a connection there. But hey, he's a Frisco kid too, man. Homegrown. Is he really? Did he go Homegrown, to school? Like came through. He went to Liberty, then went over to came through FC Dallas's system, oh, okay. and then um, FC Dallas traded him to Colorado, and now he just won an MLS Cup. I think that's what it's called. Oh, wow. um, with with LA. Um, not the LA Galaxy, the new LA team. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Like the dudes. That, it, it's cool. Like, yeah, he's from Frisco, went to Liberty. So, matter of fact, bro, he's well, like a year awesome. younger than, um, like, Jay and all of them. So, they're all ah, friends. Like, okay, he okay, okay. comes from that era of Liberty. And Malcolm, to put it who's all together. been yep. on the Blue Bloods podcast. Yes. So. so, he comes from that era. Like, they okay. all know each other. Um, So, I think he, like, left school. I don't know. I'm not going to tell this man's story. I don't know his full story. Yeah. I just know he went to Liberty and, yeah, hey, all that. It's, it's speaking been, of Malcolm, real quick, those of you that have like listened to us from day one, we had him. In fact, I think he was our first guest we ever guest. had on the show. Yeah. So you know he's a, he's an offensive coordinator at, at a high school in uh, Frisco. They were down twenty-one to nothing in a second-round playoff game to the number two team in the state, I believe, Lancaster. Oh wow! Came back and won in overtime. Lancaster. So, yeah. So shout out, Coach shout out. Hill. Coach um, Hill, man. We were texting about that, and he he's yeah. He has some obviously. dogs on his team this year. They yeah, I know they got a running back. That's okay. Like it's just crazy how much talent Frisco has now. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. It's a talent factory, man. Who would have thought if Frisco would have went with like the Plano model, they'd we'd win won state, state so many every times. Year. One, like like one of the. You know, like if they had yep. the Frisco High, Frisco yep. West, Frisco East, like one of those threes winning state Would have won every state. year. Yeah, it's so much talent in that area. It's ridiculous. So, um, okay, bro, Lane Kiffin. I, we're coming right out of the gates with Lane Kiffin. I asked Tommy Brooker, <laughs> one of our day one listeners, supporters, longtime friend of yours. He's becoming a friend of mine through yep. through this podcast and social media. <laughs> um, Wait, you got to uh, get it right. Tommy's actually technically a booster now. Oh, there you go. Okay. Tommy's a booster now at okay. Ole Miss. So okay. he so told me to Ole make Miss, sure we give, him, we give him his credit. He's a booster now. So an Ole Miss booster, friend of the program, mm-hmm. and uh, a supporter of the Blue Bloods podcast and friend of the Blue Bloods podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I asked him for his coaching hot board, and his response was, wait, is Mike McCarthy leaving Dallas, <laughs> leaving the Cowboys, <laughs> getting fired? So I'm I'm wondering if maybe he's still – not in denial. I think he knows Kiffin's gone, but I think he wants to, like, like let's he, let it play out. Yeah. Let's get past Mississippi State. But, dude, he is gone. He's gone. Well, Tommy either DM'd me. I don't know. We DM and text all the time. 
he he knows Kiffin's out. Like he just knows it's been. I think he's just waiting for the official announcement that mm-hmm. it's coming out. Lane's interesting. I don't know if you saw his like Twitter banter yes. yesterday. Yes. Like you know, um, the dude's gone, man. It just sounds. Like I would be highly shocked if he's not gone. You know, when this much rumor is coming out about right. it, and there's just this much smoke that he's out. Normally, a coach is out of there. Um, well, and he hasn't point blank denied it either. Right. Right. right, like Dan Lanning came out, took a hard stance. Like, listen, I'm in Oregon. I'm staying here. Now, even that doesn't mean a whole lot, right? right? Because coaches still do that all the time and then leave. But Kiffin has not directly denied it. And uh, to your Twitter point, it reminds me. Have you seen the video? And it's a very, very old video as far as what the, the, the movie, the clip is from. I thought it was from a James Bond movie, but I don't even know what movie it's from, but it's like an old school type movie. And a dude's in bed with what is obviously like a side chick. Yeah. And then his wife walks in and she's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And he's like, what? And he's like, the girl over there. And he goes, where? And like, <laughs> like the whole time, he just like one word responds to her while the woman like gets, gets out of the bed, gets dressed, leaves, walks out. He puts on his, his clothes and then he sits down and puts the pipe in his mouth. And she's like, are you just going to act like nothing happened? And he's like, what do you mean? That is the woman that was just in the bed. <laughs> Who? She was just here. Where? And like he keeps anyway, so it's kind of gone viral on a reel on one of the social media pages. I'm like, that's Lane Kiffin right now. You yeah. know, it's like he's toying with the uh with the media. With the media. Dude, I- I'll give it to him though. He's a like he is the like just the A one troll social media like I love it. I mean, did you see how he put the fake press release of the guy that from the from the news station? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was genius. <laughs> so, but I, I feel like I kind of I mentioned this several weeks ago when this job came open. I thought this might be one Kiffin has his eyes on. Yeah, um, I have a buddy who's like really. It's an Arkansas buddy of mine who who really he thinks Kiffin's waiting on the Bama job, and I'm like, eh. Tommy said the same thing. Really? Tommy said okay. the same thing. He said the same thing about the Bama job, which if it wasn't Auburn. Yeah, you can't I, take I can Auburn if you're waiting on the, the Bama job. Yeah, but I think Auburn gives him everything Bama essentially would have gave him um, without the Nick Saban shadow. Um, right. and, and, and as we've talked about before, man, with Auburn, you just because of how the boosters work and the politics of that job, you almost have to have a don't care attitude as Lane has. Which I love about Lane Kiffin, man. Lane Kiffin's going to do Lane Kiffin. He probably could care less what you think, what you say. And the dude's a flat-out winner, man. Mm. I mean, somebody tweeted this the other day. They were like, what a – because what is he, like 47? They're like, what a coaching career he's had. He's been the head coach at USC, mm. Tennessee, what, the Raiders, the Raiders. Ole Miss, FIU, OC at Alabama. Like – this dude has had a better coaching career than some dudes that have been coaching like 40 years. It's incredible. And I'm interested to see, like, I'm pretty sure he's going to take this Auburn gig. And um, I think that is going to be very interesting for the SEC. I'm I'm loving it. Uh, it's exciting. I only wish this, though. I wish Auburn was on the other side of the conference at this point. But that's all going to change anyways yeah. because of potting, because of Oh, they yeah, may even Texas. just go one super conference. I've, I've which I'm, recently which I'm fine read, with. I'm which, completely okay with. 
I don't know how if I'm okay with that because I feel like Arkansas will just get to play Alabama, LSU, Georgia, <laughs> and then they'll rotate Florida, Tennessee, and whoever else is better every year. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I like the pod idea where Arkansas was in there with Texas, OU, and A&M. Um, That's a good pod for y'all. I mean, it, depending on the year, right? Some years it could be bad, but I, I, I agree with you, though. From a recruiting standpoint and knowing mm-hmm. year-to-year – but here's my question with this Lane Kiffin situation, because I kind of want to go back a couple years when he was hired, right? So so the backstory on this was he had a, a, a handshake deal in place with Arkansas. Um, our AD even like put kind of a cryptic tweet out of um, sort of implying like, yes, this is happening. Um, mm-hmm. because they plane tracked his plane to, uh, uh, where is FAU? Where's Florida Atlantic? It's in, uh, it's not, is it Coral Gables? No. Yeah. Uh, is that, which one is in Miami? Is that FAU? It's near Miami. I just can't yes, remember. Cor- it's, yeah, oh, no, Boca, it's, Boca, Boca, Boca Raton. Raton. Boca. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Boca. So it's there. And, and anyways, and, and, and instead of like the 80, just ignoring all these Arkansas, all these Arkansas fans, um, doing that he kind of put like this tweet up of like this plane coming together. Like it kind of implied. And then it starts leaking like, okay, there's a, there's a handshake deal in place. Well then Jimmy Sexton does what he does. He, he, he got, you know, more money out of Ole Miss because Ole Miss ended up firing Matt Luke over the, I might be, I might be miss like remembering some of this, but if I recall, they lost to Mississippi state. Or did they win? Because one of the ones was when the guy he crawled like a dog and did the pee thing. Oh, I forgot. And it got it was like a penalty. I just remember I feel like both Miss Ole Miss and Mississippi State ended up firing their coaches, you know, as well. Uh, But but Arkansas kind of had the head start because they fired Morris early in the season. So I might not be remembering how the Ole Miss Mississippi State thing went down right. But all I know is this. Jimmy Sexton came in, kind of backdoored it, got a bigger deal, came to came to Arkansas's AD, said, well, look, we got this. If you'll do this, uh, he's coming to Arkansas. And our AD basically said, no, you're not about to play this game with me, whatever. And uh, so then he went to Ole Miss. Obviously, that's how I've heard the story. Tommy might have a different version Tommy of it. Tommy definitely has a different version of it. It's probably right he wanted Ole Miss from the jump, whatever. Okay, but that's how I heard the story. And, and that's, that's what my, my people and friends of the program <laughs> communicated to me. And so what the, but, but my point in saying all of that is to say that <clears throat> the narrative around it was that Arkansas fans were salty that Ole Miss got Lane Kiffin and we got stuck with Sam Pittman. And, and that was kind of the, the, the narrative. And so my, my thing is though, I'm not saying that that's truly, that's, completely false. But what I'm saying is, is that I think a lot of what Arkansas fans started to realize is whether Kiffin went to Arkansas or Ole Miss, it was going to be a short term deal, right? It was, it was going to be something that you would only have for two max three years. And look, I know he's still technically an Ole Miss rebel, but I don't believe he, I believe he's out. And my question is, is if he is in fact gone, has he done enough? Has he done enough? to justify the hire instead of at the time going and finding someone that 
would 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 be more of a long term staple, even though they may not have had as much immediate success as what Kiffin brought. I feel like he's done enough. I mean, Ole Miss realistically, um, was it last year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they beat Bama last year, that we're having a whole probably different conversation about Ole Miss. Um, yeah, it feels like they. This probably is the most. I will say this in my personal opinion from the outsider. Obviously, everybody here knows if you've been listening for a while. I'm a Big Ten guy. Mm-hmm. I tune into the SEC because you have to kind of know what goes on in the best conference in college football. But I feel like he's brought relevance to Ole Miss, and not just relevance. Like he's brought wins to Ole Miss. Um, because if everyone remembers, this is was supposed to be a rebuilding year for them, anyways. Um, per se, from the talent they lost last year, because they lost what's my boy they lost last year, um, Matt Corral, Matt Corral, and all the talent they, you know. So, and then he lost his OC, he lost his DC, um, and they, I mean, they've still been competitive, man. You know, you think if they win that Bama game, maybe things swing a little different for them um, this year. So. You know, I, th- I think he's done enough. Ole Miss, to me, in my personal opinion, has never been historically like this world-beater program where you're like, oh, my goodness, we're afraid of the University of Ole Miss. I feel like Lane Kiffin there gives them a shot just about every other year. It's just unfortunate that <clears throat> he's at Ole Miss when arguably the greatest college football coach of all time is currently at Bama. So there's, I feel like there's only so much you can do there. Um they're, I don't feel like they're, which is shocking to me. I would think their pockets would be as deep as the Bamas and the Auburns of the world, but maybe not so. So, you know, I think he's done enough. And, you know, I don't, I'll say like this. I don't know if I would leave Ole Miss for Auburn, but for him, which we've said on this podcast, the pod plenty of times before, Auburn really is just like, I mean, it, it's located amazing. Um, you have the great facilities, you have the money to get behind you and they've been in it, you know, they've won a natty more recently and they've been involved in a natty more recently. So it, to me, it's like a half step up. It's not the elites of the secs, but it's a half step up. And this is all revisionist history, right? It's all hindsight. But if you could go back to during that coaching search and you had your option of Mike Norvell or Lane Kiffin, knowing Kiffin would be out after year three, because I feel like Norvell was a uh, like a he was top, a hot name back then. Uh, well, but I also think he was like heavily linked to Ole Miss, if I recall correctly. But that I might be even thinking of a like Norvell might have been the season before that. Um, you know that actually. Let me say it this way: Did Lane Kiffin outperform Hugh Freeze? Because Hugh Freeze won a Sugar Bowl, went to another New Year's Six Bowl, had recruiting classes that that made like national splashes. True. I mean, he, in my opinion, beat Bama twice, I believe. Uh, I'm saying I feel like Hugh Freeze is kind of to Ole Miss what Bobby Petrino is to Arkansas, where he's kind of that measuring stick that fans will sort of hold whoever the new coach is up to. And what I'm wondering is, is did Lane Kiffin surpass that? No, he didn't surpass it. But I think he did enough that you didn't you didn't think feel like, it. yeah, you didn't think about it, you know. Um, yeah. I think his personality definitely helps. Um, 
And then I think his, you know, his offense helps, man. It's electric. It's high scoring. It's going to put points on the board. It's so yeah. I don't think he surpassed Hugh Freeze, but I think he did enough that it. No one's like, ah, we we lost in the mm. in the coaching sweepstakes. I think they're like, oh, cool, we got Lane Kiffin. This is yeah. Now I think some Ole Miss fans thought, great, we got Lane because of what he was able to. You know, we remember the fast turnaround he did at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think, and we know the offensive genius that he is. I feel like some people at Ole Miss were like, we're gonna win a Natty. It's gonna happen. I never thought that. But I did think the guy could get him, you know, to a New Year's Six Bowl and do the occasional upset of Bama, um, which we didn't see. So, but also Bama probably just had the greatest quarterback they've ever had in the last, what, decade. And that says a lot because they did have Jalen Hurts and Tua and Bryce Young. It's just mm. the dude is that dude. So he was also one and two, um, Failed two-point conversion from being 0-3 against the Razorbacks. I just want to throw that out there. That is um, also true. So, but Hugh Freeze didn't fare much better anyways. We were always just a thorn in their side. It was kind of our worst era of football, or one of them. And anyways, I guess I bring that up too because I think if Hugh Freeze had not had what happened with his whole situation, he'd still be coaching at Ole Miss. Absolutely. Um, like, he wouldn't be look. I think he – I mean, that's like where he wanted to be. That was his destination job. And I think with Kiffin, you were you were only like kidding yourself if you thought, oh, he's coming to Ole Miss because this is a destination job for him. And I would say the same thing if he had taken the Arkansas job. Like he yep. wasn't he, he he was not taking either of those jobs with the mindset of this is where I'm gonna plant my roots and establish for the next ten years. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm gonna go where I think I can have the quickest success so that I can get I thought he was gonna try and go back to Florida. Um, at any of the schools, mainly mm-hmm. either Miami or Florida State or wherever, where he could go and just be in a hotbed. Um, but I mean Auburn, it's it's right there. So, do you think Ole Miss goes kicks on the tires if he frees again? I don't, because I feel like it's too similar to like the re- same reasons why I don't think Arkansas would ever kick the tires on Petrino. Um, it, it was just it it, it would be. Cause I have a feeling it's very similar to like Arkansas where there's half of the fan base. that's like still including myself that still like loves Petrino. Cause we just can't get past the nostalgia of, of his era. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I'd take him back. But the reality is there's also another half that they're fixated on how it ended mm-hmm. and, and both have similar kind of like mm-hmm. scandalous type mm-hmm. situations. And there's just a big part of the fan base is like, no, I don't, I don't touch that guy with a hundred foot pole. Yeah. Period. Yeah, we forgive him. Yeah, we moved on, but like, no, no. Right. Um, as far as Ole Miss is concerned, though, um, I think they'd be stupid not to at least reach out to the next guy we're about to talk about, who's currently in their state, uh, taking care of business, and that's Deion Sanders. Um, which we'll get to him in a second, but I also I, I think that that Ole Miss has to make a decision, right? They've got to decide, do we want to go find someone who wants to be here and will be here for the long haul, kind of like Mark Stoops at Kentucky? Mm-hmm. What I believe Sam Pittman has the potential to be at Arkansas if if he can you know, not lose to Liberty. Yep. Um, um, but what I mean is like all these jobs come open, like Pittman ain't entertaining any of that stuff. Um 
You know, or do we want to just go find another guy who can continue a nice little two to three year window of success before mm-hmm. they move on to whatever the next big job is? And that's what I think should guide and determine, you know, who they pursue. Yeah. I just don't know who that is right now. I don't um, I don't know either. I have no clue. You know what I mean? Like I just I don't. I know the I know the dude at Coastal Carolina is like a big hot up and coming name that is oh, yeah. strongly being linked to Georgia Tech. But you have to think that if a job like Ole Miss comes open, you know, it's it's gonna attract the eyes of whoever was looking at a job like Georgia Tech or Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Okay, Georgia Tech, Colorado are open. This is who we're after. Oh, wait, Ole Miss is open? Mm. Hmm. And I guess I Nebraska's another one. It's oh, just yeah. that time, baby. The dominoes start falling. Here it is. Here it is. Coaching Carousel is more exciting <laughs> than bowl season. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I felt like there was another guy that was I was thinking of that I thought was an alum, but I it wasn't. I was thinking of Joe Judge, but he's Mississippi State, the former uh, Giants coach. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what they do. You know. Um, you know. You think about guys like Lebby and Bryles. Like, would they be considered for that? Hmm. You know, they're 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 both Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, part of his coaching tree. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be real interesting. Well, let's get to – Yeah, ahead. I was going to say, moving on to the next guy, Coach Prime, who's been linked to, I feel like, every offseason job opening. Um, recently, reports have come out on Twitter that he's considering the USF job and I forget Colorado. Which, Colorado, which when you texted that to me, I said, makes sense. I think it goes all it, – it goes down to this one thing that we've consistently asked when it comes to Prime. Can Shador play quarterback there? Now, yep. I – I think South Florida, here's why, would be a greater fit. It's in Tampa, which is literally an hour and 15 minutes away from Fort Myers, where Dion is from. Um, mm-hmm. And I live in the Southwest Florida area. I live right across the bridge from where Dion's from. Dion is still the man in this part of the country. He oh. is the the goat in Southwest Florida. Like, Prime is is. People still talk about him like he played in high school yesterday. The man has had a full career at this point. Mm-hmm. To me, I think this would be – I think USF would be a better a better feel. And, and I'll put it to you like this because I got to be a chaplain for a local high school, and the coach has been there for three, four decades, man. He's mm-hmm. been there for a while. Um, and he was like, yeah, man, I remember I coached against Dion in high school. And, you know, the respect that he just had for him mm-hmm. – um, the the love that these people down here have for Coach Prime, I'm telling you right now, if he took a USF job, oh, the way he could get somebody, and we already saw what he could do at Jackson State. He got the number one overall recruit in the country to come to a HBCU. Right. So you think he can't get these kids to come to USF? Mm-hmm. Like you think, and Southwest Florida man is a big hotbed of talent. Like there's a lot of talent down here. Um. And and the legend of Dion looms true, man. Like these these kids down here, like they know about Prime. It, yeah. It's not like some legend. Like it's not like if you grew up in Detroit, and it's like you hear about the legend of Chris Webber and who he was in high school right. basketball. Like you know, you you hear the story. No, 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 no. Like he's touchable. He's 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I know Dion. Um, yes. I think USF would be the best fit for him if he's going to make the leap um, up to FBS. You go to USF, man. I think Shador can play here. Um, obviously, we know Travis Hunter can play anywhere he wants yeah. to play. Um, we know Shiloh can play because he was an SEC caliber recruit coming out of high school that actually got burned at South Carolina. Um, so I think those are kind of really his like three main priorities, which I think Shador is priority number one. Where can he go? Where can I feel like he can actually play? And we know he wants to get his kids to the league. Like he could come to this conference and potentially work himself into being a draft pick. Um, so I think um, I think that's going to be a good. I think that would be a good, the best fit. I don't know about Colorado. I know about South Florida. He would crush it down here. Well, I I agree with everything you're saying. Obviously, like South Florida makes the most sense on paper. It makes the most sense from a just recruiting standpoint. From the 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 potential to build a program as far as the family connection with his son or sons and you know his top recruit uh and if you remember Shador coming out of high school was committed to Florida Atlantic he was yep. going to go play for Willie uh, Taggart Willie Taggart yeah and, and then obviously uh Dion took Jackson State job and flipped that but so yeah, I, I mean, I think that that is obviously the the one that makes the most sense. But man, I don't know why I am so intrigued by this concept or thought of Dion at Colorado. That would be um, interesting. And there's a couple of things that I think also would align in his favor in that scenario. The first one being with this new expansion talk that could happen sooner than later, the PAC 12 still gets an automatic bid, right? This would also be a PAC 12 without USC. And we'll talk about them and what Lincoln Riley's doing out there. Possibly without UCLA. Mm -hmm. It's still looking like they're, they're for sure headed to the big 10, but there's also been a little bit of like, holdups on that one here lately um at least according to pac 12 radio which i don't know why i've been listening to that on sirius xm <laughs> but i have been um and then and then you know obviously like oregon and washington there, there's been some sort of smoke around them going to the big 12 or, or whatever my point is is Dion could go to colorado like he literally could go anywhere in the country Mm -hmm. And be immediately become a top recruiter. But I think what he's shown at Jackson State is that he's not just a recruiter. Like, the dude is a program builder. Yep. And and if he had the resources, I'm just trying to think of, like, the, 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 the analysts and the, like, all that type of stuff yep. that he would attract. Like, not just his staff, but all the extra stuff that, like, yep. the Kirby Smarts have, the Nick Sabans have yep. that make their program so so dominant and efficient in all aspects. Like, he would have all that. I mean, right now he's got Mike Zimmer as an analyst at Jackson State. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the sharpest defensive minds ever in, in, in not college football, in professional football. Right. Uh, so, I, I just I, – I don't know why, but, like, with Colorado, I feel like – that's a program that when I was growing up as a child, they were a dominant program back mm -hmm. like early on, like they won a national championship and then they followed up 
winning a national championship with the era where they had Rashawn Salam and Cordell Stewart. Those of you that are old enough to remember those two dudes. God. And, um, uh, and, and was it, was it Bryant Westbrook? Uh, I remember Charles Johnson was one of the receivers and the other one was Westbrook. It was either Michael Westbrook. Yeah. Cause Bryant Westbrook was the <coughs> Philadelphia Eagle. The either way they, they, they had, you know, in year in and year out, they just they had a, a a very good football team, you know, that was competitive for a national title. And I don't know. There's there's some nostalgia there that I'm very intrigued by him going to Colorado. Even though when you look USF Colorado, like, well, South Florida is the That's like, the move. That's the move. That's the one that makes sense. But if he wants a power five job, and he wants a power five job where he will be in a conference that could play he could have a team in a program that, that would, would be similar to what he has now, one of the favorites, um, and then also have an automatic bid in the playoff. Like, there's no telling what he could do. So, Yeah, I agree. Or, I'm still I mean, not so certain he leaves, though, but sorry. Me neither, but I look at the South Florida gig, and it's like he could turn it into what Boise was. Like, if Boise had the playoff, they would have been in every year. They were unstoppable. Um, and you know, an American Athletic Conference isn't um, – it's getting better. Like, they're, they're – with the restructure and everything, it'll be it'll – be, well, I don't know. Well, they're losing Houston, which I guess Cincy. from a football standpoint, that's more basketball. But losing Cincy in, in Central Florida. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. They also say, Brett Bielema used to say this all the time in, as far as recruiting South Florida. He used to say, if you can convince the kid to leave the state, you can, they'll go anywhere. That's yeah. what he used to say. Because he used to get a lot of, of, of South Florida athletes uh, when he was at Wisconsin. And mm. then he tried to at Arkansas, and initially he did. He got a five-star running back, Alex Collins. He got a highly rated four-star uh, offensive lineman, Denver Kirkland. Um, and, but that's what he always said. He's like recruiting South Florida. Like if you can convince them to leave it's the hard. state, like, but the, like if you can convince them to do that, like they'll go anywhere. Like they'll yeah. go to Wisconsin. They'll go to Michigan. They'll go to Colorado. They'll go to Nebraska. And when I say that, I'm talking about the state, like the geographic location, not yep. necessarily the university. Right. Um, and it, it, it's true because like, it's funny. Cause I talked to like kids here that just never leave the state. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they love they love Florida. Like, Michigan had a kid up from two cities over, Dunbar, Sean Russ. Um, I know his cousin. They had him up this weekend. And, you know, their whole pitch is like, yo, if you want to go to the league, you might get drafted into a place like the NFC North. Like, you're going to play in cold weather every mm-hmm. – um, but these Florida kids love Florida. Like, they yeah. just have this idea, which I was talking to a kid this past week. I was like, you, you ever want to leave Florida? He's like, why? Everyone comes here to vacation. Why would I leave this place? And I'm like – Fair. Fair. I mean, there's yeah. bigger places in the world, but I also understand your reasoning. Like, Florida kids love Florida, man. Like, so I think he could do amazing here. I, I think if he – I believe if Dion took the USF job, he would do exactly what we think Cristobal is going to do. Dion will build a freaking fence around South Florida. Mm-hmm. It'll be really hard to come poach any kid that's worth having out of his own backyard. And the thing is, right? So they play at Raymond James Stadium, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers Field. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, would it be a deal where, hey, we'll just fill this stadium up, 
which is hard to do um, um, when you're in a place where there's like you're competing in theory, you're kind of competing with like the other shows in town. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, whereas Boulder, Colorado, that's all the show that's in town. Man. I've mean, been there before. That's it. And, and it's the, pretty beautiful. It is. I say so myself. I went and saw the uh, Walking Dead and that uh, mm. the Grateful Dead and that uh, the concert in that stadium. And it's beautiful. The mountains behind it. It's it's a cool vibe, man. Boulder's nice. And the reason why, and this is the last thing I'll say on Coach Prime, I think there this might be something to keep an eye on with the USF Colorado is because the guy that reported it is is typically not a guy. I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Reed. He's typically well, I don't like read all of his stuff, mm. but he typically doesn't strike me as a guy who just puts stuff out there for clicks yep. and engagement. <clears throat> and, and at least as of right now, when we're recording this episode, Dion has not come out and directly responded to that like he has been for Nebraska and Auburn. and yep. uh, Yeah, and everything else up to this point. So... I don't think Dion is in direct contact with anybody, but I, I could see a scenario. I could see a situation where it is his people feeling out each one, and it's something to monitor. So, okay. For time's sake, um, we got to get to the game. So I want you to just go. I mean, where are you at right now on Tuesday morning? What? Three days, four days out from four days the game. Uh, I've been back and forth. I actually have just committed to not read any more think pieces about the game because everyone's going to say the exact same thing. I listened to the Harbaugh press conference yesterday. He's pretty mum. I mean, he's typical Harbaugh right now. Of you know, we're blessed to have this opportunity. Yada 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 yada. And I'm I'm back and forth on some things. Here here's where I'm at. The Ohio State that I've watched the last couple of weeks, I'm not thoroughly impressed with. I'm mm. just not. I'm not thoroughly impressed with. Um, they've, you know, they they play tight against Penn State. That defensive end doesn't have the game of his life. Eh, you know, maybe that's a different out, outcome. We saw them play Northwestern tight. Everyone wants to blame it on 30-mile-an-hour wins. No one was, <laughs> right. you know, Hey, and if you only put up 14 points in 30-mile-per-hour wins, I'm like, well, Michigan just put up 19 points in 30-mile-per-hour wins. So, okay. Um, then we saw them play tight again, which you remember, I was like, if there's a team that can beat them, it's Maryland. Yeah. I kept saying yeah. that. Because why? They could throw the football, and they could run the football. And it was, the it was yes, and Maryland really – Maryland choked that game. I believe they – I feel like that play calling got weird towards the end. Anyways, mm-hmm. but then when you look at Michigan, we kind of got hit with the injury bug. Um, I mean, our workhorse, Blake Corum, we don't know what's going on. I think it's a sprain. I think it's either a bone bruise or a sprained MCL. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the two, which he could play on both. Um, it's just going to be painful. He's going to have to drug himself up. Um, and then we sat like seven starters the last couple of weeks. Definitely last week against Illinois, seven of our guys didn't go. Then when Blake went down, that's eight. So everyone's trying to get healthy for this game. <clears throat> this is where I'm at with the game right now. I've been checking the weather, though, because mm-hmm. to me this plays a big, big role into it. 
it's supposed to be about 20 degrees and there's precipitation, whether rain or snow. If we know if it's going that route, that, in my opinion, favors Michigan. Blake's going to go. I don't expect him to sit. Now, how healthy he's going to be, I don't know. But he's going to go. Donovan Edwards is going to go. He was suited up the last two weeks. Jim elected to keep him out, which makes sense. No need for a freak injury. Um, I think if the weather's bad, I think it'll be essentially you might get what you get last year. Um, And just listening to how the teams are talking, Michigan just sounds a little bit more locked in right now. Like – and I, and this is just what I feel about the game. This has major Big Ten implications right now, mm-hmm. more so than right now. This is for the future of the Big Ten. Because if Ohio State wins, we go back to last season was a flash in the pan. It's back to normal. Ohio mm-hmm. State continues to recruit at a high level. The talent gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. If Michigan wins, this changes the whole dynamic of the Big Ten. Because now you go, Ryan Day, is he who we think he is? Like, mm-hmm. now other programs start feeling like, mm, they're not as indefensible as what we've been seeing. You just have mm-hmm. – no one's been able to put the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Now you start thinking like, okay, now Michigan gets to recruit out of high it, – it just starts shifting the paradigm of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So right now, I just – I want it to be sloppy weather. I think that comes into the Michigan advantage. I think it's going to come down to this right here. Can you hold Ohio State under 30 points? Like, mm-hmm. I think you got to be under 30. J.J. has to go for about 200 to 225, no turnovers. Okay. Um, he needs about another 30 on the ground. So he needs about 250 yards of total offense, just to keep them honest. And um, I think Michigan has to score at least 32 points. They got to score 32 points. I think if Michigan scores 32 points, they win the game. Okay. I, that, that's just where, that's where I'm at. I don't. That's where he's I, at on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. That's where I'm at on Tuesday. That's where he's at on Tuesday. Now, if something Let comes the man out. breathe. Yeah, if something comes out about Blake <laughs> or. The, and I will say this, bro. This is what I'll say, and then I'm done with it. Historically, Jim Harbaugh has schemed his behind out of this game. 2016 yes. was the spot. Yep. We could say what we want to say about that. Most people forget, same situation, 2017, John O'Corn is just a starting quarterback because Wilton Spade hit. Yeah. broke. Harbaugh historically has schemed his behind off in this mm. game. And I think he's been pretty hands-off on offense, but you can always tell the Harbaugh wrinkles when this game comes around. Yeah. I – I think he lists for this game. I think more than ever he under he's really putting the emphasis of we have to win this game. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm even if Blake is hurt, I'm like you're giving for all intents and purposes, guys. Let's not forget Jim Harbaugh is a football genius. Yeah, he is a run game genius. Mm-hmm. I think this. That's why I have a little more hope even with injuries because even at the end of the Illinois game, if you saw there were some plays that if JJ hits a wide-open guy here or there that he just misread. It's a completely different game. We went by mm. two touchdowns. Nobody's even talking about it. Right. Harbaugh's going to have the ball. I think he's going to have the game plan ready. I think it comes down to 
is J.J. McCarthy ready to execute when the game is on his shoulders? Because mm. I think he's going to have to make a big play or two, which we've seen he can do. Mm-hmm. But can he do it when it counts? Um, can he put the dagger in when it matters? Mm. So scheme-wise, they'll be ready. I think everybody's going to be a go. Um, Blake, Dono, the two guys on the offensive line, our linebacker. I feel like everybody who can go is going to go. Um, weather's in our favor. I just think it's – I really think it's going to come down to – I think the defense is going to be fine. We have the number three defense in the country. Ohio State's going to score. Mm-hmm. I don't care if – I don't know if Jackson Smith – I'm not scared if he goes. You know, yeah. he's been plagued by hamstring and Duca's hurt. I think they're going to bracket coverage Marvin Harrison. Just know he's going to he's going to get his catches. He's mm-hmm. going to get his plays. You have to live with that. I think if you shut down the run game, which is possible, um, and you, I think I I think it's going to come down to JJ making a play or two at the right. end of the day. That's what I feel. Thirty two points. Well, <clears throat> the points. thing is, this game has like massive, massive domino effects on how the college football season is going to play out, how the college football playoff is going to going to shape out. And due to the fact we had so many technical di- difficulties just beginning to record this episode, I'm on a time constraint. So here's – and we were pretty much done with yep. all of our stuff anyways. The only thing – other thing I wanted to say was that USC is now, I believe, in a control their own destiny uh, into the CFP if they take care of business against Notre Dame and then they win their conference championship, which that's still even up in the air. It's crazy because it could be Oregon, could be Utah, it could be Washington. Washington is still in the hunt, which is a team you predicted as your dark horse horse this season. But that would be finishing the season with three top 25 wins. Um, They still might need LSU to lose to Georgia, but that's not like a huge ask. Um, Or TCU to lose. But I still think that if TCU wins out, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Ohio State went out, Georgia wins out. Uh, it's going to be my dream scenario at this point, which would be Kirby versus Lincoln round one or, or, or in uh, CFP uh, one versus four Michigan versus TCU um, on the other that would side. Be, that so, would be the dream. That so one dream. minute, what would your dream be? Or is that, I mean, are you kind of in the same boat with that? I'm in that. And the only, only thing I'm worried about, I read this yesterday was, if Ohio State loses, the committee might try to find a way to sneak them in. I don't think because they can now. If TCU wins out, if TCU wins, so they're they're hoping TCU. If T, so yeah, my dream scenario is exactly your dream scenario. Okay, I'm just worried about what the committee's going to do. Obviously, they love Ohio State. They can make they'll justify anything they want. That'd be my only yeah. fear. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it, in theory, if Texas wins out, they I believe if Texas wins this weekend. They are in the Big 12 championship, and then they beat TCU. Ugh. I mean, if there's any team that's going to get in the CFP three losses, it's going to be – I'm just kidding. They, but the, the, they'd love to put them in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, there'd be a four-loss oh, team in the Sugar Bowl. But, um, yeah, so let's uh, – let's. I mean, other than that – It's a big that, week, y'all. It's a big week. Uh, yeah. Till next time. Till next time. Everyone, make sure you pray for Blake Corum. Pray for Blake Horn. Jesus. Name. College, amen. <laughs>